Welcome to Old Walls House. It's your main man and host. It's me. It's Old Walls. I'm back with you once again this week. We're here. Old Walls House continues to roll on. Got a uh, got a fun little show coming your way. Gonna be uh, gonna be kind of a preview show for the British Open. So uh, before we get to that, as always, guys, thank you so much for for listening and talking uh, about the the pod and talking to me about the pod and coming back week after week. So I, I appreciate that. Appreciate all of you. As always, that housekeeping. You know how it goes. If you could rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Tell your mom. Eh, maybe not your mom. This might not be your mom's favorite show. Tell somebody, though. Tell somebody about it. So, yeah, as I said, uh, we're going to do some uh, British Open preview uh, today. We got uh, the Scottish Open to cover, a couple fights on the weekend, a couple uh, little pieces of NFL news that I, I found interesting. And, you know, as always, we're going to get my passing thoughts. So, without too much further ado, let's get rolling. So let's talk some golf. We had the Scottish Open wrap up over the weekend. Kind of a uh, a British swing, if you will. British swing. We're going to call it the British swing. You know, kind of like the West Coast swing or the Florida swing. These last couple weeks uh, have been the British swing. So the Scottish Open won by Xander Shoffley. And if you consider the J.P. McManus Pro-Am Tour thing... Uh, if you consider that an, an event, that's three wins in three starts from Xander. The Travelers, the J.P. McManus, which was part of this, what I'm calling the British swing. And then the the Scottish Open this week. So, And also in this British swing, I think they, they played the Irish Open last week too. So kind of they're all in that Great Britain area. So yeah, so Xander Shoffley... Um, 72, 65, 66 on Friday, Saturday, and then 70, just enough to get it done. Wins by one shot over a charging Kurt Kitayama. Uh, Xander did make bogey on the last. He played pretty conservatively. So, But yeah, Xander Shoffley, we go from a guy like I was kind of banging on him a little bit that he, he only had won one full field event on the PGA Tour, one individual full field event, and now he's bang, bang, two in a row. And then, you know, stack the J.P. McManus in there just uh, just because. Why not? He won that too, right? Where I'm pissed is I was going to pick him for the British Open. So now I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do there. But, yeah, uh, other kind of notables. Uh, Cantlay, Sunday 67 to finish T4. So maybe he figures something out this year. I doubt it. He's He's going to shit his pants in the majors like he always does probably. You know, like I said, I called for him to win a major this year. Cameron Tringali, he held the lead going into Saturday. He shoot 74-70 on the weekend. Spieth was hanging around. He was kind of involved. Like he was there, but not there, but kind of there. Plays the last five and three over after making double on 14. Mix is actually a birdie in there. Ricky Fowler was... Kind of in contention on Thursday and Friday. He shoots weekend rounds of 71 and 75. Six over on the weekend. Plays himself out of a chance to get into the British. This is, I think, one of those British Open qualifying tournaments. 
if you finish in like the top four, uh, or, you know, if you're the highest of the top four finishers that aren't in the British already, it's like, so you could finish 10th, but if the, if seven people above you are actually in the British, eight, nine, 10, 11 would go if they're not in the British. So, uh, not great for him. Like I said, Kurt Kitayama, obviously big charge, 66, 71, 71, 66. So pretty, pretty strong stuff from him. This is the fourth strongest field that's a non-major this year. So that uh, that partnership between the PGA Tour and the European Tour pays off here and produces a great field. The other ones, the players was obviously number one. Players was number one. I had a, I had a note here of it. Maybe I lost it. Did I lose my note about this? Yeah, so the players was one. It was ahead of Memorial, I believe. If I don't have it right here, yeah, I deleted it. I deleted the picture I took. What an idiot. What an idiot. But yeah, fourth, uh, I know it was the fourth. Fourth strongest non-major field this year. So the partnership uh, with the PGA Tour co-sanctioning this event with the DP World Tour, formerly European Tour, definitely worked out for him uh, in that respect. So yeah. So the last, uh, one last thing before we get on to talking about the British Open. We mentioned Cameron Tringali has a rough uh, rough weekend, 74-70. But there have been a, a few players to earn $10 million on the PGA Tour without a win. And Cameron Tringali is at the top of the list. He's earned $17.2 million without ever winning a PGA Tour event. Some other notable names on there. Brian Davis, $13.3 million. Uh, Brian e. Bird. Tommy Fleetwood, $13.1 million. Uh, Jeff Overton, boom baby. Boom baby Jeff Overton, 12.7. Brendan DeYoung, Graham DeLay, Brett Quigley. Brett Quigley, wow. Harold Varner, $10.2 million. And Charlie Wee, $10 million. So there's something to be said about just stacking up money and and getting it done, and Cameron Tringali has done just that. So yeah, let's move on to the British Open, or as you know, the golf proper's like to refer to it, the Open Championship. Fuck you, it's the British Open. So British Open, <clears throat> returning to the home of golf, St Andrews. St Andrews was actually supposed to host it last year, but because they canceled the 2020 event, they wanted to keep St Andrews as number 150. So they move. It back to this year. So we're at St. Andrews for the 150th playing of the British Open. And I'm excited. I'm excited because of this. Because St. Andrews, I actually know like a couple holes. Like it's there's they have a couple of holes that stand out. I think so much of like Lynx golf is just like, oh, this hole has got a lot of bunkers and it's flat, but there's some mounds and the green is huge. And if the wind doesn't blow or the course isn't hard, like these guys are so good, they just tear it up. Reports, reports are out. Dylan uh, Dethier, I think he writes for like Golf Digest or Golf.com. He said his Uber driver told him that the old course was just crispy, said it usually hits driver about 240s, hitting it three bills. I also saw a video of a dude just smacking a wedge off the ground. You can just hear it. it's like. Like, it, it sounds hard. Like, so I'm excited. I think Lynx Golf, when the weather doesn't, you know, come into it, you know, the weather isn't a thing and the courses are soft 
and not like firm and fast, I think is beyond boring. I don't care about the golf ar- architecture and the radons and like, is it cool? Like, does it make me remember it? Most of the time, no. But if the weather is blowing, like the wind's blowing, I, I don't need the rain. The wind is the big thing. Like, if it's windy and the course is firm, like hard, even like burn out, I'm all in. Because then I like get to see something different. If it's just it's calm and the course is, you know, you know, soft enough that these dudes are just banging driver and flipping wedge. Like I see that every week on the PGA Tour. And at least then there's like a bunker or a water hazard or like, you know, the rough. They don't just get to putt it everywhere. Like, so, hey, if it's firm and like they've got to play different shots and they can, you know, maybe they are putting from 100 yards off, like not 100 yards, but 30 yards off the green. Okay, I'm interested. If the weather lays down and this just becomes a birdie fest, like this is one of the reasons why I don't, I don't rank the British Open as one of my favorite majors. The British Open and the PGA can be very interchangeable to me. Like if we play the PGA on just a a whatever course and it's just, you know, okay, and like it doesn't add anything. Like Southern Hills was great. It was interesting. It, the course had some little quirky things and like it made made for interest. The courses in, I don't, they, the courses in, you know, Britain and England and Scotland, and they, they don't do that for me unless there's wind. If there's wind and they're dry, then it's a totally different thing. So I'm in for that. So I'm looking forward to it because, because it's ready. It looks like the course is ready. So a couple of odds, a couple of odds that popped out to me. Uh, Rory, 9-1. to one. Xander, 14-1. to one. John Rahm, 14-1. to one. Scheffler and Spieth, both 16 to 1. I like Spieth this week. I don't know why. He was playing okay last, you know, last tournament at the Scottish. I I, I feel like I'm just kind of getting caught in that rabbit hole again, but I like him. JT, 18 to 1. I like him here too. He seems to be a dude with all the shots. Uh, Morikawa. I, I don't like Morikawa. 25 to 1. I think this dude isn't necessarily a weather golfer. And people are like, oh, he, but he won the British Open. He won the British Open. He's got to be. It didn't, the weather wasn't really a factor. If the weather's a factor, I don't I don't like him. Uh, Willie Z, 25 to 1. Tiger, 60 to 1. 60 to 1. Is the big cat. The big cat going to get it done. He's coming back this week. Didn't play the U.S. Open because it wasn't a fit for him, both physically and for his game. Said he was prepping for this. Ryan Fox, 65 to 1. Keep an eye on him. Just keep an eye. He's ranked pretty highly on the DP World Tour. I think he's in the top five of their ranking, their points ranking. Keep an eye. Keep an eye on him. Might be, you might want a sprinkle. Some little sprinkle on there. And one I thought was really funny. Podrick Harrington is 125 to 1. He has better odds than I'm just going to start listing people off. Jason Kokrak, Russell Henley, Siwoo Kim, Brian Harmon, Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner, Harris English, Chris Kirk, Luke List, Tom Hoagie, Dylan Fratelli, Miliano Grillo. I mean, those are some those are some solid PGA Tour players that he has better odds than Sepp Straka, Jamie Donaldson, 
Sean Norris has been showing up in some things here and there randomly. So, just just something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on with Podrick. I don't think you have to worry about him winning. Ryan Fox, dark horse. Dark horse. So, Rory has never, never placed in the top 10. Yes, top 10 of all five majors in a year. Is this going to be the first time? People like his chances here at St. Andrews. I don't know. I don't know if I see it. But he's so good he can get it done anywhere. So, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. It comes on early, ladies and gentlemen. Get your coffee. Get up early before work. I think in the central time zone, I think uh, coverage officially, does coverage start at midnight on on the cock? Coverage might start at midnight on the cock. I think then 3 a.m. it goes to goes to USA. So, yeah, get it in you. There's plenty of viewing that we'll see here. Uh, round's going to be played late on Saturday and Sunday. You know, that uh, doesn't get dark over there till like 10. So, gets us uh, gets us into more of the normal viewing hours. I do like that the, the tournament's on in the morning and then, like, the rest of your day's open. So, so yeah, looking forward to the British Open. I'm always going to call it the British Open. You guys can deal with that however you wish. So, very excited. I'm going. Who am I taking? Who am I taking? I'm... I, I don't know if I can go away from Xander. I don't I don't want to, but I've in my in my fantasy league, I've been kind of saving him. So I think I think I'm forced to. I've got Xander and Scotty Scheffler left. Also got Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns. I mean, do I just pick Dustin Johnson because I never get to use him again? Like is that a thing? It's just uh, I just don't know. I just don't know where I'm going. I think I probably got to go Scotty and Xander. Or do I save Scotty? Because you know he's making the Tour Championship. He could have, well, the Tour Championship doesn't matter. But you know he's getting deep into the playoffs. He's going to get there. So I'm in a tough spot. I've used my dudes. I've used Rory gone, John Ron gone, Cantley, Smith, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, Hovland, Fitzpatrick, Spieth, Hideki, all gone. So I got to figure something out. Maybe Shoffley and Willie Z. I am really tempted to take DJ because it, then I don't waste a pick on somebody coming down the line later. It'll be very interesting. So I'm excited. Shoffley to win. There's my final call. Shoffley at 14 to 1. And uh, sprinkle Ryan Fox. Sprinkle it. So we will definitely be talking about the British Open next week when we will recap that for sure. So we'll be back. Let's talk some fights. Not much going on here. Pretty quiet week. Kind of, in, like I said, the summer doldrums for fights here. Uh, gosh, I always butchered this dude's name. Rafael Fizes. Fizes? Fizes, I think. He uh, he stops uh, Rafael Delsanos, RDA. Stops him 20 seconds into the fifth round. A little one-two, little right-left. Left hook did uh, what looked to be the majority of the damage there. So he picks up a good win. Should move him up uh, the rankings a bit. That was a, a nice little knockout he had there, so... See if he can get himself into contention in the lightweight division of the UFC. Uh, boxing side, Israel Madrimov uh, was excited to see him fight. He was fighting uh, Soro again. Uh, a cut stops it early. Uh, disappointing. Big old gash. So Madrimov looked to uh, be in control there. 
that dude's fun to watch. Uh, can't wait to uh, see more of him. Uh, Derek Chajora won a split decision. Who gives a shit? Uh, Ryan Garcia is back this weekend. So, worth checking out. He's fighting Javier Fortuna. I don't think that's going to be much of a test. But I'll be interested. Just kind of stop in, see if he can get him out of there quick. When he last fought against Emmanuel to go, to go was on the go from the bell. Did not want to fight. So hopefully we can get somebody who engages with him a little bit and see if we can get anything interesting out of him. That is Saturday night. Saturday night. And uh, word is that uh, Vasily Lomachenko, Loma, is uh, looking to come back in the fall. To get back in the ring, he's been in Ukraine, part of one of those uh, voluntary defense forces, I think is what they're calling it. So he backed out of a fight for the uh, lightweight titles against George Cambosis. So he's looking to get back in the ring. If he'd be up for it, I'd love, love to see him go right into a, a match with Devin Haney and have Cambosis step away so we don't have to watch that shit again. But if he needs a you know a tune up or get back into a fight, I think that's well warranted as well. So very uh, excited to see him back in the ring. That's all for the fight game. Like I said, not much going on. Uh, that'll pick back up in the fall. We got some NFL news to talk about. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's coming, guys. It's coming. It's not that far away. It won't be long till the preseason's here. I think we're with what in a month and a half of the preseason, and then just three short weeks. We're within two months of the, the season starting, I believe, or like almost two months to the day. So it's coming. It's going to be here. I, I dropped DirecTV, so it's going to be a little different for me this year. Andrew, my man, Andrew Siciliano, I miss you, buddy. I miss you. I'm going to miss you this year. Hopefully Scott can take care of me over at, uh, is it NFL Red Zone? Is that what it's called? So... Yeah, so the big news, Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers. He uh, he went for a conditional, conditional fifth-round pick, and the Browns agreed to pay $10.5 million of Baker's salary. I don't know the full weight of it, but that seems like a lot of it. Best thing about it? Browns and Panthers, week one, <laughs> the NFL. I love the the pettiness that they will they will do, and that is fantastic. So, lots of great memes going around. Uh, one, uh, it's uh, this doesn't really take shape anymore, but it was. I'd love to see Baker Mayfield at his you know his house at the stadium, and. Deshaun Watson shows up and he's like, you know, legally I have to tell you I, I live here as well now. Because, you know, he's a mm, questionable uh, sexual offender, questioned possible. Also saw some memes that uh, Baker's finally going to be throwing the ball to the Browns now that he's on the Panthers and they're going to play him in week one. So should be uh, should be fun to see that. It'd be interesting to see the uh, the Browns fans' reception of Baker. Be uh, be quite interesting. So. The Browns, uh, since Deshaun Watson is status unknown, the Browns' backups, just keep this in mind, Jacoby Brissett, he had a little success as a backup, but he's like 17-25 and 25 as a starter. And Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs has thrown 17 passes in the NFL. 
One of them was, in fact, an interception. So we'll see where the uh, the Browns decide to go. Deshaun Watson's case with the league is entering what they call the post-trial briefs. I have no idea what that actually is. But according to Dan Graziano, the decision is still weeks away. I know I saw Florio, that jackass, say something like he's targeting like the 25th. That's like the Monday the 25th or possibly the 20, Friday the 22nd. So take it. You know, take anything from that ass clown with a grain of salt. A couple of other quarterback notes to make note of. Uh, Jimmy G says his recovery from shoulder surgery is on schedule. Lots of S's there. Uh, Tom Palisaro uh, thinks that he's going to still be traded by the end of the month. Brown's definitely an option for that. Also in the quarterback leagues, Dak Prescott. After battling some injuries the last few years in the offseason and trying to just get healthy, he says this year he's in the best shape of his life. Personal trainer has been traveling with him, so he says he's never been in better shape. Hired a full-time personal trainer. Wherever he goes, that guy goes too. So we'll see how that translates on the field. Had a pretty good year last year. What's a big uh, big fantasy production guy? So let's, uh, lo- let's keep an eye on Dak, see if the... Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys can improve off taking knees to run out the season. You never know if they'll be able to figure it out, but chances are they won't. Passing thoughts time now, ladies and gentlemen, and let's get into it. So, uh, I saw this. I didn't, I don't think I follow her. I didn't see it on Twitter, but Paige Speronic, I think I say that, Speronic, I think that's how it said. I saw someone screenshot a tweet of hers that said, People who play slow should get kicked off the course. Slow players should get kicked off the golf course. I agree. 190,000%. Golf should not take nearly as long as it does. There's a great saying. Play good, play fast. Play bad, play faster. Like, just be ready. I, I There's never been anything in my life that I've agreed with more that if you play slow, just boot you right off the course. Just start doing it. We, if we just all band together and we just all kick slow people. And hell, if you want to be have a slow play course, all you assholes can go to that one. Golf should not take more than four hours. Golf probably shouldn't take four hours. If you have less than two people, I mean, if you have less than four people, it 100% should not. I play golf early on the weekends to avoid slow play. Played in a twosome this past weekend. Two hours and like 20 minutes. Weren't rushing. Had to look for golf balls a couple times. Just be ready to hit your shot, man. Like when somebody else is, you know, when somebody else is hitting, don't just stand there and look at them like an idiot. Go to your ball. Drop somebody off at their ball in the cart. Drive to your ball. No dead time. Like just be ready. Just be ready. When someone else is putting, line your putt up. Someone else is chipping, decide what wedge you want to hit. When someone else is hitting from the fairway, get your yardage. This has got me fired up, guys. I hate slow play. It doesn't need to happen. Foursomes should be able to get done in under four hours. Threesomes should be able to get done around three hours. Twosomes, under two and a half. 
If you're by yourself, which I do occasionally as well, you can play in under two hours. No doubt about it. Just go be ready. Just go be ready. And if you are playing slow, just let people throw. But, like, don't just stop what you're doing. Like, if you see somebody's going to come up on you, hit your T-balls. When they get up, be like, you just play through. Then go down the fairway with them. Just keep things moving. Okay. That got me sufficiently fired up over a dumb, dumb little thing. So let's talk about happier things for me. After uh, 4th of July, had some leftover stuff laying around. Some leftover hot dogs and pasta salad. Mm, Love me some hot dogs and pasta salad. Also, had our first corn on the cob of the year. It was still a little early, so the corn was just okay, but goddamn, man. Love me some corn on the cob. I love it. Hot dogs, pasta, corn on the cob. It was a great meal. Now, I, I think I'm I'm going to need some feedback on this one. Is corn on the cob a meal? We just had corn on the cob growing up. Like, you'd just eat, like, you'd get, like, two dozen... You know, ears of corn on the cob, and everyone would bang him. You know, just bang back four, five, depending on how many people were there. You just bring you know, you just bring the butter to the table, and you you roll it up, and you toss a little salt on it, and there you go, go to town. Half dozen corns, yeah, let's do it. Maybe not half dozen, about four, four or five, depending on it. I I I've I found that the roommate says that that's not a thing. <laughs> It was definitely a thing for me growing up. But, you know, maybe not for everybody. Maybe not for everybody. What else we got? Ooh, Joe Biden. He's he's pretty much Ron Burgundy when he gets in front of a, a camera giving a speech. I don't know if anybody saw it. He was reading. I don't even remember what it was about. But at, at one point, he just goes, end quote, repeat line. And then, like, it triggers somebody. He's like, oh, I'm supposed to... That that wasn't, like, words. That was, like, instructions. Like, that's the end of the quote. You need to repeat it. The man's not okay, but it is funny as shit. Like, it's Ron Burgundy. It's like when he's like, I am Ron Burgundy? And the guy's like, god damn it! Who put a question mark on the teleprompter? He's gonna read whatever it says! I mean... Yeah. He's just not, I don't, he's just not with us. He's not with us anymore. No. Saw Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy was on TV the other day. I love that movie. Such a great movie. So quotable. Like, at any point in the movie, you can just, like, catch it and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang out for a little bit. Like, if it's on TV, like, at the start, you know, he's at college and he's coming back and he's going to the, you know, walking around the factory He's doing kung fu and he gets hit in the head with the the thing coming slowly. You know, after the funeral, he's trying to figure out what's going on. Then they go on the road trip. Him and Richard, what's happening? Fat guy in a little coat. Richard jerking off to the the girl uh, doing a little nude, little nude swimming. And Tommy's coming back in, you know, giving him all this buddy whack it. I wonder if she dates one of the Yankees. Just just a great movie. So quotable, you know, not so much here or here, but right here. Tommy Want Wingy. Oh God, I love that movie. So fun. So ridiculous, but just so awesome. One of one of my favorite movies ever made. It's a it's too bad we didn't get more Chris Farley, because he is just so perfect in that movie. 
there may not be a better character for Chris Farley than Tommy Boy. Like, it just lines up so perfect for him. I don't know if anyone saw this. This one might be like, uh, I think this one is almost a couple weeks old now. But a man in Florida got naked, ran out into the highway, and jumped on the back of a trailer. It's one of those low boy trailers, I think is what they're called. Like the middle sits very low so they can put a big piece of heavy machinery on and then the front and the back sit up just a touch higher. This dude's just naked. Naked as the day he was born. Riding on the back of this trailer, just all of all of him out there in his glory, just whipping in the wind. And there was there was plenty of this gentleman. Like he wasn't he wasn't the slickest, you know, gentleman there ever was. But yeah, it's fucking pouring. And he's just back there. He he did leave his shoes on, which you know, at least he was thinking that much ahead. That thing looks like it's a little wood plate, little. Wood on the, uh, wood floor, not wood plated. What was, what was wood plated? Wood floors on that trailer. And that's still not the right word, but he, uh, they, no one was injured apparently. This was 4 p.m. on June 30th. Yeah, so almost two weeks ago. The naked man crossed several lanes of traffic and jumped on the trailer bed and held on as the wind hit him in the face. Eventually, the uh, the footage made it its way to social media. A naked Florida man on a semi-trailer is now the latest installment of one of the greatest pop cultural phenomenons known to man. He was taken into protective custody, and order was restored on the interstate. Oh my gosh, he was transported to a local hospital for a mental health evaluation. Probably a good idea. No one in their right fucking mind does that. I wonder if the, I mean, the guy on the back had to, maybe he didn't. I'd be interested to know if the driver of the truck knew. That's great. Unbelievable. Oh, this one. This one's great. I'm hoping to God that this is like a fake thing and this isn't real. But somebody tweeted, all I have ever wanted to know from a yogurt is to to know who the cows are. And then it lists the cows. Myrtle, Letty, Root. Irma, Fanny, Julia, Veronica, is that Padme? And then Lucy. <clears throat> and I, I I pray to the good Lord, baby Jesus, that this St. Rose Cherry responds, Notice how they named all the cows traditionally girl names. There is a deep connection between misogyny and consuming animals. Whew! Okay. I hope it's fake. I hope it's fake. I hope that's just the troll. I really do. Because I don't know if anyone knows this, but cows are females and bulls are the males. So yes, cows would have female names. I I, I don't want to know what yogurt from a bull tastes like. I'm guessing you don't either. I'm guessing you don't either. Man, I I hope that's a joke, because if not, that person should go to that same hospital for a mental evaluation. Do they not know? Like, are they just that dumb if it's not real? Are they that dumb that they don't know that, that cows are females and bulls are males? 
And I just, it, it hurts me. Oh no, I just looked it up on Twitter. This account has been deleted? Is that real? Was it a real account? And then she, she's getting just drugged through the mud so she deleted it? Oh no. Oh honey. Yeah, well, well, if you want that uh, the yogurt from the mail cows, which are called bulls, you uh, you have at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one. Gonna pass. Vince McMahon, he's in more trouble. Uh, not one woman, and possibly not just for an affair. He has apparently played twelve million dollars to four women. Over 16 years to stop allegations of not only infidelity, but sexual misconduct as well. You know, I'm not surprised. You just, as a, as a WWE fan and being, you know, pretty familiar with with what uh, Vince McMahon does publicly, can't say this is shocking, but... Interesting to see where this goes. You know, he's obviously stepped down as CEO and chairman of the board of WB. He has said he was going to still keep doing his creative role. His daughter, Stephanie, is the new CEO. So, I mean, when Triple H, his son-in-law is very involved. I, I just don't know where this goes, but he might be in a touch more trouble than he was originally. Roommate has a uh, serious XM in her car right now. We're getting like a, a three-month trial. So I've been hearing some songs I haven't heard in a while. Heard Alcohol by Brad Paisley. What a great tune. Great tune. Check it out. Check it out if you haven't heard it in a while. <clears throat> Question I saw on Twitter. Would you rather, would you rather, would you rather hit a walk-off home run or a buzzer beater in basketball? I, I don't have experience doing either. Baseball, not really my thing growing up. Didn't get too many hits. Maybe a couple. <laughs> not great. Baseball, again, not my thing. Not much of an athlete to begin with, but baseball, really not my thing. Never hit a buzzer beater. Hit a couple of very late shots with just a few seconds remaining that turned out to be game winners. One of the times those were stolen from me. Somebody didn't want to stay back under the basket. In a high school basketball game, just up at half court, fiddling around. Um, but yeah, never, never done either. So I, I lean buzzer beater though, because just I've played basketball and I had always played basketball, and I know the what it felt like to make one close. That was cool. I have no clue what it feels like to hit a home run or to hit anything resembling a walk off. So I have no point of reference. I will say, my friends that I have reached out to who have played both all pretty much went uh, walk-off. So, interesting. So, I'd like some love to hear some feedback there, but I thought that was interesting. So, just a couple of things left here. Last night, I'm sleeping. The dog, Boomer, he just comes up right in the middle. Right in the middle of me and the roommate. And he lays sideways, and like whoever's on his feet side just get his feet right in your back the whole night. Well... He must have been having one hell of a dream last night. Because not only is he, like, kicking me, he's, like, twitching. And, like, his back feet are, like, pushing off like he's trying to run. They're just pounding into my... It's like, okay. Like, can we figure... And I, like, try and toss him out. He just rolls over. 
I mean, he rolled over the other way and started kicking the roommate, so it wasn't me, so I didn't give a shit. Jesus, just, if you ever been just kicked by an 80-pound dog, just repeatedly kicked in the back, and it has no clue, so there's like, it doesn't stop, because he just, he just kept going. Dream kept happening. Okay, final thing. I finished the terminal list, and first of all, I want to say this. Jack Carr, the author of the book, and I think he's an executive producer on the show, he <laughs> took a screenshot of the Rotten Tomatoes you know, review section, and it says that the Rotten Tomatoes score, it was getting like a 38% from the critics. And like 94% from the like the audience. And he circled the critics and goes, we didn't make this show for you guys. I love it. Movie and TV critics are assholes. They suck. They suck. They probably think Tommy Boy sucks. You know what? We're looking up Tommy Boy's Rotten Tomatoes right now. Because I guarantee you those ass clowns didn't like Tommy Boy. Yeah. 41%. Am I right? Yeah, 41%. Audience score, 90%. I mean, who are the 10% of regular people who don't like Tommy Boy? Probably all those critics again, being assholes. Yeah, so love that. Back to the terminal list. I think I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be that guy. The book's better, man. Like, the book was so good. And I thought, because they were doing it in a miniseries, like, they'd have time to flesh it out and, like, get to all the, the stuff. But they changed some things. They removed one of the most badass things of the entire book. At one point, and they changed it right out of the gate, that it's not, they don't get blown up on a, his troop doesn't get blown up on a mountain in Afghanistan. It's like something in Syria, down in some tunnels. So it removes, like, the Al-Qaeda element of it. And he tracks down this, like, dude at a mosque that's, like, part of Al-Qaeda who, like, set up the hit on his team. <coughs> Excuse me. And he kills him, and he puts his head on a spike out in front of the mosque, like, I'm coming for all you motherfuckers. Didn't even happen. They just tweak some things, and it's just like... Uh... Had I never read the books, I'd probably love the TV show. But there were just some things about it, man. I just... It, uh, I wanted to like it so bad. I really liked, like, episodes 3, 4, and 5. And it just the more and more I sit here and think about it, I'm like, the book... The book was so good. I'm gonna have to read it again now, too. But the book was just so good. And I hate being, like, book is better than movie guy. Because, it, it, I mean, there's a couple instances, like... The Jack Reacher... Movies, books are better. Jack Reacher TV show is pretty good. But yeah, I, I I really do. I think I would have liked the show if I never read the book. But I read the book. I loved the book. I read the book in like four hours. So, unfortunately, that's, that's where I have to fall on it. So, all right, let's go wrap this thing up. Okie dokie, closing time. Let's get this thing wrapped up. Get it to the house. Thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, share it with your friends and family. Let them know. Let them know. Somebody needs to learn today. They're going to learn today. 
Okay. Yeah, so thanks, guys. We'll be back next week. British Open to talk about. We're inching. We're inching towards football, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming. We're getting there. Maybe going to start doing some kind of previews. I start doing some previews. The Even the golf landscape is barren. Barren. After this week, outside of the President's Cup, outside of the FedEx uh, Cup's playoffs, President's Cup is coming. But yeah, so probably uh, look to see some NFL stuff coming your way. Alrighty. I appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week. Till then, peace.